Welcome to Yellow Nerds Podcast, yos. It's me, dude. I got uh, Lilo Landy over here, too. How you doing, Andy? What's up, yos? You like that? <laughs> what is that, <laughs> That's mean? the plural. The That's pl- like multiple people. Yo is like you. Yo is not a you. Yo is a hey. It's a greeting. It's a everything, man. <laughs> Sorry. It's like a yo girl is also speak. like sometimes I'll be like, "What's up, yo?" That's not. That's like saying, "Dude." That's true. You would say, "What's up, yo?" Yeah. yeah. So but you also say, to, "Yo, yo," meaning right? Hey, hey. Yeah, huh? That's yeah, it's really become quite a elastic word. It's very, it's a very useful word. Uh, hey, uh, welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> We're going to talk about the uh, origin of words today on the Elmer's Podcast. <laughs> That's right. What are we talking about, though, my friend? Albums. Good. I like albums. Yeah, so do I. That's why we're here, numb nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Getting a little punchy. A little uh, punchy. That's right. All right, yeah, so uh, here on the Elmer's Nerds Podcast, a couple of dudes, a couple of yos, sit around and talk about albums, and uh, we've got two good ones for you today. We've got a punk alternative rock album from the band Bad Waitress. It's called No Taste. And then we're pairing that with Patti Smith's punk influencing horses from 1975. Word up, man. That's a really smart pairing we have there. Yeah, we're geniuses. Two very uh, artsy, female-led punk rock groups. Mm -hmm. Interesting. A little different, a little different for uh, for us, I think. Yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. I'm excited. So uh, let's move this thing along, huh? Let's. All right. For that new release recommendation, we are indeed talking about the group Bad Waitress and their debut full length entitled No Taste. This came out back in September of 2021. They are a Toronto, Canada four-piece, uh, all-female punk rock group. They were originally called the New Dogs. Kind of like that title better. What do you think? Mm. New Dogs? No. I think New Dogs is too. The pronunciation could become New Dogs, Old Dogs. Oh, that's true. Uh, you know, that's true. And dogs, like. Uh, you don't want that representation as part of when you're a, a female rock band, perhaps. Oh, like the bitch tie-in? Yeah, much. I don't know. I mean, I'm just riffing here. I I could be totally off base. Maybe they just got sued because there's another band called Nude Dogs. But that's a <laughs> little. That's getting that nude is tough. <laughs> okay, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we are really digging into the. Uh, yeah, what's, what's up? Yeah, we. Let's stop talking about words and start talking about albums. <laughs> Should we play some music? Yeah, let's play. Uh, I believe this is the first single off this record. Uh, it's in the middle of the record. It's entitled Manners. Yeah. 
<laughs> little taste of manners off the debut record from Bad Waitress. Um, as often is the case on these debut records, um, these artists kind of wear their influences on their sleeves, I would say. Um, I hear a lot of a few bands I love on this record, um, particular groups like Riot Girl or Bikini Kill, if you're fans of those. Later in the record, there's also some elements of like Sleater Kinney or Sonic Youth, which is kind of cool. Did you pick up on any uh, sounds that were sounding familiar to you, man? Yeah, uh, L7. Oh, yeah. Good call. Yep. Seven Year Bitch, maybe. There you go. Bit. Yeah. And even Hole. Yeah. It's like a very, especially the A side of this record, as I say, it's like a very 90s alt rock sound to it. For sure. Like the guitars are really rough there's a lot of yeah, like squealing the, and squeaking going on and, and the down tuned mm-hmm. um it's heavy yeah it's got gr- some grungy elements to it as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean i like it so it must have some of that stuff <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah so were you overly all overall positive on this record or what was your yeah i mean you know, I, I like my my two minute song three chord punk bat, 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 type stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. But maybe I wasn't in the mood for that. I don't know what it was, but I thought that's what this was going to be when it was a female punk band. I figured it'd just be the same old three-chord kind of blah, yeah. blah, blah thing. And it's really a lot more than that. It's uh, layered, sophisticated, good songwriting. I mean, you know, the style of the genre songwriting. We're not talking... Uh, you know, Patty Smith or anything, but <laughs> no, it's, would, it's really, yeah. it's really good. Well put together. I like, I like the entire flow of the album. You're right. It is punkier at the first half, a little more alternative rock at the end, but they pull, they pull it off and draw it together nicely. Yeah. I think that song we played manners is kind of a good mix of both sounds, which is kind of right in the middle of the record. Once we get out of the B side, um, Things space out a little bit more. You can hear the instrumentation a little bit more clearly. Um, actually, you have some melodies, <laughs> some, like more clearly sung choruses. There's some really interesting songs. I think, uh, in particular, "Live in Reverse," which is kind of a song about you know wanting to go back and and fix some mistakes you made. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the album stand out to me. It's uh, a bit of like a kind of sonic youth vibe going at this point that track and restless body the closing track i think are really owe a lot to that sort of like layered guitar sound that sonic youth made so popular um yeah any standouts or any tracks you really didn't sit well with you rabbit hole the opening track Mm -hmm. sat well with me Uh, that's important when you listen to as many albums as we do constant hunt right for things to listen to yeah the first song matters (laughs) matters <laughs> yeah first impressions like, yeah i mean i'll i'll on fridays i'll look at all the new releases stuff i haven't heard of and sometimes you start playing the first track like no <laughs> right you know like if i don't know something is some dance dance revolution type thing it'll come on <laughs> it has a regular name and then i'm like no 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 yeah yeah but an album like this you hear that for it's like ooh, okay okay and and then if it continues to please, then that's great. Sometimes um, it's second or third track, but you gotta at least give me something. And they opened it really great. I was in. I was in uh, immediately. Cool, cool. Yeah, I like that track a lot too. Uh, and really, the only one that didn't really work for me was "Strawberry Milkshake," uh, the fourth track. Mm-hmm. 
which I think just sounds very formulaic, which is surprising that this would happen on this record because the record, I think, for the most part, feels pretty loose and organic. Um, but that song has a real, I don't know, if you ever listen to the band Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, who were kind of popular yeah. in like the early 2000s, I feel like it's almost exactly a copy of one of their songs. So other than that moment, I thought this record was very creative. Not a throwback sound, but it definitely pulls a lot from that 90s guitar alternative sound, but it adds to it in their own way. And it's pretty, pretty promising debut. I definitely would keep an eye on, on uh, Bad Waitress and uh, seeing what they do from here. When there's stuff like this out there and the, and the Utes are digging it, that means good things for me for the future of, of this kind of music. So I'm in and I hope the people listening to the show will get in because this is good stuff. Well, they know it's good for them. I think they will. Yeah. You better listen to it, yo's. <laughs> All right. So once again, the album is No Taste from Bad Waitress. It's available in all the usual places. Check it out. Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. All right. It's question time. And uh, don't forget, you can always answer these questions yourselves. You album nerds, just uh, find us on Twitter at Album Nerds. We'd love to hear what you think. Do you create any art yourself? Music, poetry, paintings, whatever. And anything you're proud of. Yeah, Andrew, what you got? Uh, yeah, um, I, I do a little bit on my free time. I used to do a lot of drawing growing up. I think everybody kind of does drawing a lot. I took a lot of art classes. I, I know what you're going to say. You draw nudes of me. I have a whole series, actually. Yes. <laughs> Where I have a dog body, it's 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 nude dogs, right? <laughs> yeah, I do a fair amount of design in my day job, and I've actually made a few film shorts over the years, which are you have? a lot of work, man. Making movies are not easy. It's much harder than making a podcast, that's for sure. Get them on YouTube's. I've never seen any of these. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll share them at some point in the future. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for me. I wouldn't say nothing too artsy in comparison to what these bands are doing. You know, I dabble. Yeah, and, and it's great now that people, we were talking about, uh, in other shows we've talked about streaming for music, but there's also ways to make films and put them on YouTube and I know create things and have the world see it, which wasn't the case, you know, back when I was a, a young person. So, I mean, that's really awesome. And I think people need to take advantage of that. You know, if there's something you create, get it out there because totally. you can, you know, I create this show. Uh, <laughs> I mean, right now in terms of like creative pursuits, that's probably it. The editing of the show is the thing where I have some artistic freedom and cut things together and move conversations around. It's not glamorous. I don't draw. I used to draw. I pick up the guitar every once in a while. But for the most part, this has been my creative outlet. And uh, the searching for new stuff process feels exciting and creative at times. So yeah, that's it yeah, for me. It so it doesn't have to be fancy, folks. Sometimes it's just some, a hobby, something you love doing. You don't even think of it as being creative, but it really is. Yeah, we'll be curious to know. Um, shoot us a note on Twitter at Album Nerds. All right, let's stick into our old dog selection. Old dogs. All right, old dogs, not nude dogs, and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna bring that back as often as I can. We're gonna go back to 1975, which we did on the last show, also. No kidding. Um, from 1975. 75, yeah. huh. That's fun. November 10th, 1975. 
Hattie Smith, often referred to in the same vein. You know how uh, people say that Neil Young is the godfather of grunge? Okay, okay. yes, I do know that. Patty Smith has been referred to in terms like the godmother of punk, American huh. punk. Okay. She's an artist that's more poet mm-hmm. with rock and roll underneath, but she shirked the convention, didn't care about image. The subject matter could be about the things going on in life, the dark side of life. It doesn't have to be. I love you or I need a boyfriend or whatever. And I think that's that was the attitude, you know, playing at CBGBs and the New York City clubs in the 70s. The punk attitude, the punk ethos underneath it all. Musically, it's not straight punk, but it's definitely uh, got some flavors. So why don't we jump into a well-known cover that she does on this album. She makes it her own wonderfully. Gloria in Excelsis Deo. So, uh, Patricia Lee Smith, born December 30th, 1946, American singer-songwriter, musician, author, uh, influential in punk rock movement, is involved in a lot of causes and uh, social change. Andy, new to Patty Smith, this old news for you, new news, what's the deal? Um, not new. I've heard this record before, yes. I don't know her discography very intimately, but this was her debut, Correct. Correct. Yeah, I've heard this before. This often is referenced as a very influential record, I guess you kind of alluded to. I've I've been into it for maybe 30 years. It's one of those things like... Oh, well, you've definitely got me well, on that. T- well, yeah. Well, I'm, I've got you by a decade or whatever, too. So, <laughs> yeah, that is, it's one of those things where getting into the whole grunge punk, you know, the punk influence on grunge and all that stuff during that time period... Working mm. at a record store too, I was trying to get into the history of it. This was one of those albums, yeah. And I've I've always loved it. Uh, wanted to talk about it on the show for a while, and you gave me just the opening I needed with uh, <laughs> with bad, but the bad waitress. As soon as it started, I'm like, yes, sir, I'm doing it. <laughs> Here's my chance. Yes. No, I'm glad you did, man. It's it's a really interesting record. It, it's I would say the most artsy, definitely the most artsy punk record we've had on the show. Maybe one of the more artsy rock records in general we've had on. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, very, it's very poetic, man. There's yes. a lot of nuance to the lyrics that I found really interesting, and it's so kind of not all over the place, but there's a lot of variety in terms of topics that are talked about, which I love. With a big thing in punk rock in general that I love, and it has that real rawness to it that you get from punk even though it doesn't sound like you know a typical punk rock record no. i think it shares the, the spirit of, of the things that you would love about a punk rock record yeah especially the american punk rock movement which you know like the ramones and and bands like that get thrown in with with the english punk rock movement but they're really very different uh it's the attitude that matters it's the 
railing against society. I mean, the 70s, as uh, we talked about in previous shows, was tumultuous socially coming out of the 60s, the, coming out of Vietnam, a lot of dissension, a lot of ra- uh, rises in crime in cities, and she's from mm-hmm. New York City, and and you can hear it. I'm going to do it my way. And that's what punk rock really is. Totally. Yeah. I think, I think from when I read about her, she, she grew up fairly uh, poor and had to do a lot on her own. Kind of had a, not a large family, but had a few siblings that she was responsible for. So she was kind of like raised in that DIY kind of mindset, I think. And you can hear that a lot on this record. Produced by former Velvet Underground member John Cale, which also makes sense because the Velvet Underground. Yeah. One of those New York City bands that I think kind of was one of those pave, paving stones totally. to, to punk rock and the totally. underground music scene in New York City. So, yeah, I feel like this this record a lot really feels to me sort of like a like a state of rock almost, mm-hmm. in that it pulls from a lot. Like Gloria is a Van Morrison cover. I think you said kind that, of. right? Yeah, it's like her own version of it. Like she really does take a slant on it. Well, and the original song, Gloria, is basically just about this hot chick, you know? Mm-hmm. And how she makes it, you know, gets right. them all hot. <laughs> yeah. And I think she's kind of taking that and flipping it over and making it more like Creeper. The, the vibe I always got from this was sort of railing against a woman being thought of as a sex object only and, and all that stuff, but using a song that has that vibe. Mm, from the mm-hmm. from the sixties where that was pretty prevalent in in songs. I had a Beach Boys song in my head the other day, Surf City. Yeah. And it's like one of the lines in it is two uh two girls for every boy. Right. I'm like, yeah. that's kind of messed up, dude. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was just the there was just the attitude of, hey, dudes, you'll be served because there's ladies and and uh I think that's what she's kind of saying fuck that too. Yeah, no, totally. I think you're 100% right, man. Her, just in general, so she's, I mean, obviously a female, but she has a very androgynous appearance, I would say, especially on the record cover. Yeah. And she seems to, I don't know, it's like Renando Beach, the second track. Really interesting track. It has like kind of like a reggae beat to it. Seems to be about um, maybe her sister, I think is what I read. Kind of thumbing her nose at the typical role of women in rock, and I, I think it works really well. No, she almost kind of feels like an outsider on this record. It has this quote, I think, on Birdland, where she's kind of talking about being almost like an alien, or she's talking about like spaceships and, you know, maybe being from another planet or something like that. It comes up a couple times on this record. Mm-hmm. She almost, you know, feels like she's not of this world or kind of like looking at us as an outsider. It's kind of a pretty cool perspective. Yeah. You know, that's the whole thing is this sort of, uh, that period in, in, of time. It's like, where did, where do I belong? You had this huge upheaval period, the sixties and the uh, defined by the hippie movement. And then you've got the seventies. What's the definition here? Who am I? What am I supposed to be? And it's pretty much, I don't belong anywhere, but I don't mm. care. I don't need to. And yeah. that's, um, just do my own thing. Even in recent interviews with her, she's still, She's the same, man. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. She seems like a pretty creative spirit. Mm-hmm. And she's written books and all sorts of stuff. Why don't we uh, get into a song that's quite interesting, Land, Horses, Land of a Thousand Dances, 
and La Merde. I don't know how to speak French. It's kind of uh, a suite of three songs in one song. So why don't we play a little bit of that, and then we'll talk about it. I could keep playing that. I, I know I have to keep them short, but that song is always <laughs> something about that is just so poetically captivating. You can't, I don't know. I mean, it sounds stupid and simple. Horses, horses, horses. Okay. But the way that she does it makes you shudder a little. Yeah, that's great, man. That's a great energy. Such a great groove. It, it's kind of got a, a Doors feel to it, a Jim Morrison kind of. Doors, yeah, definitely. Not musically so much, but just the, like, you feel like you're in a dark room having this person, like, speak this to you. And it's mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely a moment. So what what are the uh, what do the horses represent to you in that story? Or that it's Stuff that life throws at you. Whether it's someone's death as a horse or um, losing your job or whatever it is, it feels just this like they're constantly running and circling around you and they're mm-hmm. untamed and wild and uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, I could feel that. I could feel that in the way she says it. I feel like, kind of like they're charging or stampeding. Or- you know, I, I know another song on here, uh, Break It Up. Mm-hmm. She apparently. Uh, it begins with a dream that she had about Jim Morrison. So clearly some influence there. Just thinking about the Doors yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Doors had that great cover, or at least to play a lot in their live shows. Uh, Gloria. It's definitely, definitely a tie on there. I read that the last song, Elegy, which is spelled strangely, is about Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. And his, he, I think he passed away to, around the time this came out or a little bit before. Mm-hmm. I guess they were, were friends or had met or had some influence on her. She actually pulls a line from one of my favorite Jim Hendrix songs, uh, 1983, A Mermaid Came to Be. It's pretty cool. And uh, the album was recorded at Electric Lady Studio in Greenwich Village, which is oh, his studio. So. Yeah, another Jimi Hendrix time. Yeah, I love that. I love that there's ties to that, but it's it's so her own. I mean, she grew up in that era and then took this thing and, and made it her own. And I, I think that's why I wanted to talk about her for so long is it's rare that artists like her come along that just say, fuck it. And they do whatever they want. Yeah, my own thing. Yeah. And it works, you know, and it connects and she's uh, got this lineage. There's so many artists that tip their hat to her, including Courtney Love from hole, Shirley Manson from garbage. Mm. I read about those two, but just countless female uh, performers that this album kind of opened their eyes to what they could accomplish. Yeah, it's a real um, masterstroke, I would say, of, you know, obviously very influential, and I think it holds up very well today. It's just got so so much going on, a little reggae vibe. I guess uh, she really liked Bob Marley a oh, yeah. bit. 
Yeah, that was it. shocking to hear reggae on the second track. Yeah. I saw in an old interview from 1976, she was talking about how sexy Bob Marley is. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Interesting spirit. Seems like a really cool lady. And, uh, I'm glad we got to talk about this. And, and I hope that people who haven't heard this before go check it out. It's not super long. You've got a lot of variations and, uh, you can either just enjoy the music or you can listen and you can interpret it how you will, but enjoy some really cool poetry and cool imagery and ways of telling stories that you don't hear very often. So go check out Patty Smith Horses, please. Word up. That's going to do it for our show today. Thanks for joining us. Uh, what do you think of these records? Love to know. She has an email, podcastalbumers.com, or leave us a voicemail. 585-210-2454. Also, subscribe to and download the show in all the usual places, your Spotify, your Apple Podcasts. And while you're at Apple Podcasts, five-star review. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Album Nerds and Independent Podcast. We fund this ourselves. If you want to throw us a little donation, we'd really appreciate it. AlbumNerds.com slash support. Wear it up. We'll be back again next week with uh, two more record pairings for you. Until then, catch you later. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.